0: I want everyone to take your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you have, and stand. We're going to look at Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter 32, the very first book in the Bible. Genesis 32, and I want to call your attention to verse 24 through verse 28. This is what it says. It says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hal of his thigh, and the howl of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. He said, I'll not let thee go except you bless me. He said unto him, What is thy name? He said, Jacob. He said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men and has prevailed. I want to talk to you about God wants to do something in you this year. God wants to do something in you as we approach this new year. I love to tell the story about the guy that would get up every morning and read the obituaries. He just normal especially as you get older you start doing that or you go online and you're reading the obituaries And he would get up and he would read the obituaries and one day he got up. He noticed his name was in the obituaries But he was conscientious of the fact that he was very much alive So he contacted the newspaper and he said my name's in the obituaries But i'm very much alive I want you to do a retraction take me out And the newspaper said, Well, we've been existing since 1947. And part of our policy is we don't do retractions. We don't do retractions. But we've got good news. We'll put you in the birth column tomorrow. (laughs) Well, see, folks, that's what the new year says. The new year says to every one of us, You can begin again. The new year says, though we cannot go back and make a brand new start. We can begin right now and make a brand new end. I said, Pastor Benny, do you, do you stay up and see the new year end? Most of the time I don't. No, no, no. I don't. Most of the time I don't stay up. But there have been a few years I stayed up. But I didn't stay up necessarily to see the new year end. I stayed up to make sure the old year was ending. Amen? Amen. And sometimes we have some of those years. We just want to make sure the old year's ending. But I'm grateful that a new year says we can begin again. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23 says that the mercies of God are literally renewed upon us every morning. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Revelation 21 and 5, it was said of God that God makes all things things new. I'm convinced that many times people want to hold on to past guilt and people want to hold on to past grief and people want to hold on to past grudges and sometimes, folks, we even want to hold on to past glory, the good things that's happened. But I am convinced God wants us to move forward because Philippians 3 and 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. See, folks, let me tell you something. It's kind of like driving a car. Rearview mirrors, they're, a, they're great for looking in. But if you start staring in the rearview mirrors, you're going to crash. There's a reason why the rearview mirrors are small and the window is big, it's because you've got to live life by looking forward. You can reflect on the scars, or you can reach for the stars. And God doesn't want any of us to live in the past. We've all made some mistakes. We've all got some regrets, but that's behind us. And what God wants us to do is to move forward in the future. And there's a man in the Bible that I want to talk to you about today. His name was Jacob. He wasn't a young man. I mean, he was past the middle age of life. He was past the middle age of life, but God did some wonderful things and really transformed Jacob's life. And Here's what I want you to understand today. No matter where you are in life, no matter what's going on in your life, God's got a wonderful plan for you. God's got a wonderful purpose for you, and God can transform your life. God can do something wonderful wonderful in you, and God wants to do something wonderful in you. See, God's no respecter of persons. There are not some people that are super saints and some people that are not. God loves all people equal, and God created all people equal, and God's got a plan and a wonderful purpose for every individual's life, and what I want us to see, I want us to see this man named Jacob And how God did some wonderful things in his life. There's four things I want you to see about Jacob. The first thing I want you to see is his crisis. His crisis. Now, let me explain, first of all, who Jacob was. Basically, his character wasn't good. He cheated his brother, Esau, out of his birthright. He literally lied and deceived his father, Isaac. He wasn't, his character wasn't exemplary. And what happened? He had deceived his brother. He had lied to his brother. And he was going to soon encounter his brother. And Jacob felt like, when Esau meets me, he's probably going to kill me. He's going to kill my wife. He's going to kill my family. He was at an all-time low in his life. Look at what verse 24 says. It says, And Jacob was left alone. He was left alone. He was at a low time in his life. Let me tell you something, folks. Many times, It takes God putting us flat of our backs so we look up. Many times God has to deplete us of everything so we realize that God's our source. Because many times we'll get caught up in this relationship is my source or this person is my source or this company's my source or my abilities are my source or my finances are my source. But God really many times brings us to nothing so we can see God is up to something. Now, when do people change? I think there's three times when people change. First of all, when they hurt enough that they have to. Hurt enough that they have to. I don't know who this is for, but the hardest thing to do for your children is to not do for your children. The hardest thing to do for your children is to not do for your children. And sometimes God's trying to work in our children's lives when we want to come in and fix it. And they need to hurt enough that they're willing to change. There's a second time when people change. It's when they learn enough that they want to. And then thirdly, they receive enough that they're able to. Now, if you look at verse 24, it says that Jacob wrestled with a man. That man, according to verse 28, was the Lord Jesus Christ. It was God that he was wrestling with. See, today as I preach, some of you are wrestling with your marriage. Some of you are wrestling with addiction. Some of you are wrestling with finances. Some of you are wrestling with your past. Some of you are wrestling with guilt. Some of you are wrestling with physical problems. Some of you are wrestling with mental problems. Just as this man, the scripture says, was wrestling, some of us are wrestling today because when God wants to change us, he brings us to a point of crisis because God brings us to a point of desperation that he might bring us to a point of dependence, that he might bring us to a point Of deliverance and many times when God wants to do something in my life many times when God wants to do something in your life the first thing has to happen is a crisis in her life and what had to happen to Jacob is Jacob was left all alone see most people when they think about goals they're focusing on outside behavior but when God wants to really do something in you It doesn't have much to do with outside behavior. It has to do with an inside job. It has to do with what God's wanting to do with us on the inside. So if God's going to do something with you, God's going to do something with me in this new year, I want you to understand something. Many times it begins with a crisis. Every good thing, if there's any good thing in my life, it always happened through a crisis. If there's any good thing that's ever happened in my life, it always happened when I reached my wits end and realized that everything about me was insufficient. My abilities was insufficient. Leaning to my own understanding was insufficient. But I needed the Lord. See, folks, it begins with a crisis, but then there's a second step. It's commitment. It's commitment. It's, I'm going to learn from this crisis, and I'm going to be committed. Now, if you look at verse 26, Jacob is wrestling with the Lord, and Jacob says to him, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Now, every name in the Old Testament meant something. What Jacob mean? It meant swindler. It meant cheater. It meant con artist. Swindler, cheater, con artist. A lot of people had given up on Jacob, but God hadn't given up on Jacob. And I don't believe Jacob had given up on Jacob. See, I want you to know, no matter what happens in your life, God never gives up on you. No matter what happens, no matter, no matter how low you reach, God doesn't give up on you. And so what I'd say to you, you reach that crisis point, just, just make a commitment. You say, Brother Benny, I, I, I don't know that I can win the year. If you can't win the year, win the month. If you can't win the month, win the, win the week. If you can't win the week, win the day. If you can't win the day, win the hour. If you can't win the hour, win the moment. See, it's a trial by a mile. It's hard by the yard, but it's a cinch by the inch. It's making up your mind. You just, I'm going to stay committed. Just, I'm going to stay committed. Somebody said, when things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're traveling seems all uphill, When funds are low and debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Success is failure turned inside out the silver tin of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. You may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things go wrong that you must not quit. Somebody said great it is to dream a dream. When you stand at youth by a starry stream, but greater still is to fight life through and say in the end, the dream is true. You just stay committed. You know, I realize that it's football time in Georgia. I've contacted our counseling department. We're bringing extra counselors in for Tuesday morning. I think they'll be needed. (laughs) Bear Bryant was the great football coach, and before Bear went to Alabama, he coached Texas A and M. And Bear was playing his final game against Arkansas, and they were winning six to nothing. Bear told the quarterback, "Said just run the clock out, just run it out, just take the knee three times." And quarterback took the knee twice, and On the next down, he didn't take the knee. dropped back in the pocket and threw a pass. And the fastest guy on the field, free safety, intercepted it and was heading for the end zone. The old quarterback, he wasn't real fast. He, uh, you know, uh, big enough to eat hay and dumb enough to enjoy it. (laughs) But uh, he saw the safety and he took off after him. And lo and behold, that old quarterback ran the safety down. It was amazing. The old quarterback ran down the fastest guy on the field. After the game was over, they interviewed old Bear, and he said, Bear, did it surprise you that your quarterback ran down that guy? He said, no. He said, well, what do you mean it didn't surprise you? He said, you got to understand. He said, that uh, that safety was running for a touchdown, but my quarterback was running for his life. (laughs) And you know what commitment is, folks? It's when we run for our life. It's Galatians 6 and 9 when we say, I'm not going to be weary in well-doing. But in due season, I'm going to reap if I faint not. Just going to keep on. See, if God's going to do something, we have to reach a crisis point, but then we, then we reach the commitment. I'm going to be committed. But, but, but let me tell you, there's a, there's a third step it's confession. Look, look what verse 27 says. It says, And he said unto him, What is your name? Now get real, folks. This is Jesus talking. Why would Jesus look at me and say, Benny, what's your name? Well, you know my name's Benny. You know everything. You're omniscient. Why did he, what is your name? Let me tell you something, folks. Remember, every name in the Bible means something. His name meant con artist. His name meant swindler. What he was saying, I want you to acknowledge what you're doing. I want you to acknowledge I want to hear it. I want to hear it out of your lips. All you've ever been is a con artist, a liar, a cheat. He said, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You know, folks, I want to ask you something. If he said to you, what's your name, what would you say? Some of us would have to say gossip. Some of us would have to say unfaithful. Some of us would have to say deceiving. Some of us would have to say greed. Some of us would have to say guilt. Some of us would have to say inferior. Some of us would have to say lust. What's your name? What's God saying? God saying, folks, till we confront something, you can't get past it. And you said, Pastor Benny. How do you get past it? Here's how we get past it. Grace. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. What is grace? Grace is a verb, it's the power of God working in our lives to help us overcome. But here's something many times we don't realize as Christians. James 4 and 6 says, but he giveth more grace. God gives us more grace, ladies and gentlemen. When we're proud and resist him, we don't get grace. But when we say, Lord, I need your grace, God gives us the ability to overcome. See, that's why Rock Springs Church is the perfect place for people who aren't. Because we love people just like they are. But we know it's not God's will to leave them like they are. But through the power and the grace of God, people can change. People can change through the power of God. See, folks, if God's going to do something in my life this year, and your life. Usually it begins with a crisis. From that crisis, I say, God, I want to be committed. I make a confession to you. But then there's a a fourth step. It's called cooperation. (laughs) It's called cooperation. You said, What what, what are you talking about? I'm talking about, folks, we're labors together with God. If you look at verse 28, look what it says. He said, Your name is not going to be called Jacob anymore, you're not a swindler. You're not a con artist. You're not a liar. I'm going to change your name to Israel. What does Israel mean? It means prince of God. It means prince of God. And then verse 30 says, Jacob says, I want to call this place Peniel because it means face-to-face with God. Folks, let me tell you something. What changes people is a face-to-face encounter with God. When we cooperate with God, it's amazing what he can do in our lives. Now, you know, if you you read the Scripture, the Bible says, Oh, Jacob wrestled with the angel. And verse 25 says that Jesus, the angel, touched the hip of his socket, touched the thigh, and the thigh is the most powerful muscle in the human body. And there's a message there. Here's the message. What has power over you, God can handle. What has power over you, that that's most powerful, God can handle. That that you can't handle, God can handle. And you know the scripture says, God touched that thigh and that thigh was out of socket. And he limped on that hill the rest of his life. Because Hebrews 11 and 21 says that he leaned on his staff and died there's a message there for pastors he leaned on his staff and he died he he he, he must have had that limp the rest of his life because God was teaching him every time he limped God was saying to him you can't overcome without me you can't have power in your life without me. You can't do it. I'm, I'm going to give you an eternal limp. I'm going to give you an, a limp that's going to last forever because I want you to realize it's not in your strength. It's in my strength that you overcome. It's not through you. It's through me that you overcome. Now, I think there's a second, there's, a, there's another reason why God gave him that limp. If you really study Jacob's life, every time that Jacob did wrong, he ran. But I believe God was saying, No, no. You can't solve problems by always running away. You can't solve problems by always running away. Sometimes you've got to stay and you've got to deal with them you've got to stay and you've got to deal with them. I read about a couple that was 14 and 15 when they started dating. Fresh out of high school, they got married. I've often said Barbara and I were so young when we got married, we didn't know whether to go on a honeymoon or summer camp. We were just kids. They were just kids and they got married. A lot of marriages start out as an ideal, and after a little while, it's an ordeal. And after a little while, they're looking for a new deal. See, oh, but I've met a guy, and oh, it's a marriage made in heaven, so it's thunder and lightning. After four years and three kids, she decided she didn't want to be in it any longer took the kids to mama and daddy and she left. She'd call back and check on the kids and her husband would say, honey, please come home. Please come home. He didn't know where she was. Please come home. He took what little money he had, true story, and he hired a private detective. Private detective said she's in a 2 bed hotel in Des Moines, Iowa. Worst part of town. An old boy got on a bus and went to Des Moines, Iowa. He said, I pulled up in front of that hotel. I found out she was on the third floor. I started walking up the stairs to get to her. I was rehearsing everything I was going to say. Everything I was going to say. But he said, when I got to her, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything. He said, I just grabbed her and hugged her. I begged her to come home. And he said, She came home. And he said, After we'd, she'd been home about two weeks, I looked at her and I said, Honey, I begged you over and over to come home. Why, why, why didn't you come home? And she said this She said they were only words. Until you came for me, folks. What do I think about cooperation? Boy, the Lord sure cooperated with me. He sure co- cooperated with me. It, it wasn't just words. He sent His Son. Let me tell you, folks. This—I I just moved. Barbara and I just moved, and I. I didn't think there was a purgatory, but there is a purgatory. It's called moving. And, 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 and I came in from work one day and Barbara said, we, we, we got the first water bill. I said, well, let me see it. And I've got it here. Here's, here's the first water bill. 522,000 I said, Barbara, we can't afford to live here. So I called the guy that built the house. I said, I've got a water bill of $522,000. He said, let me put it in the mailbox and I'll come and get it. And uh, the next day, I called. I said, what about the water bill? And he said, "Uh, you don't know anything. It's nothing. It's a mistake. Let me tell you something, folks. I had a greater debt than this water bill. I had one that I couldn't pay. But somebody cooperated with me. Somebody cooperated with me. See, I had a debt I couldn't pay. And he paid the debt. He paid your debt, friend. He paid the debt for every sin that you ever have committed or ever will commit. And let me let me tell you another way he cooperated with me. See, I I have people say to me, Pastor Benny, I can't overcome this. I've got something in my life I can't overcome. I've got something in my life I I, I can't overcome. See, folks, I don't, I, I you said, Pastor, you don't understand addiction. You've, you've never been, you know, you don't understand this. And you don't understand it. And I'll say, folks, there's a lot of things I don't understand. I don't have all the answers. But I can tell you this. Every time I go to Israel, I'll slip away from my group when we get to the garden tomb. I'll, I'll let them be by themselves. And I always go by myself and, I go down into the garden too. And I'll stand there. Then I'll get down on my knee and I'll see the bars. And I'll say, now, Jesus, you were right in there. That's where they laid your body. But then I'll say, but the power of the Holy Spirit that brought you out of that tomb is inside me so you said pastor I can't overcome depression oh yes you can I can't overcome addiction oh yes you can I can't overcome this lust in my heart. Oh, yes, you can. I can't overcome these desires. I can't overcome my past. I can't overcome my deal. Oh, yes, you can. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, happy day. Oh, thanks to be to Jesus. Oh, yes, you can. Yeah, see, folks. He cooperates with us. He didn't tell us to do anything. But he doesn't give us the power to do it. You say, Pastor Benny, I can't love him anymore. Oh, yes, you can. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can put a greater love in you, sir, for her than you've ever had before. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can do exploits. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can do. Folks, let me tell you what. We need the power of the Holy Spirit more than anything else in 2018. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know This decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.